Networking and marketing made simple is for you, the business owner who has a product, a service, or a message that you believe in. My name is Scott Aaron, and each week we'll take a behind the scenes look into the real world marketing and networking tactics and strategies for getting what you have in front of you to a lot more people. Thanks for spending time with me. And now let's get started. Before we dive into obviously the three biggest problems with LinkedIn in 2023 that Adrian and I um, collaboratively feel uh, need to be improved. Uh, Adrian, for my audience that is not familiar with you, obviously at being a top sales coach, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Uh, who are the types of people that you help? And uh, again, why LinkedIn became your number one driving source and tool for not only you and your business, but how you help other people. Yeah, first, Scott, thanks. I'm super excited to, to be here and I can't wait for us to dive in on all the spicy topics. Um, for people that I'm new to, my name's Adrienne Weimer. I'm a sales coach and LinkedIn strategist, and I work primarily with women entrepreneurs who are building up their personal brand so that they can sign clients consistently using LinkedIn. Now, fun fact, I actually used to work at LinkedIn. So I worked at LinkedIn for about four years and taught sales. I feel like sometimes my career feels like inception. I'm like sales coach within a sales coach within a sales coach. Um, but it was really great being able to be within LinkedIn and help sellers really learn how to sell in a way that's authentic because social selling and sales trends have changed so much in these last couple of years. Like what used to work, and we're going to dive into this, five, 10 years ago, it's like, it's a different social selling game right now. Like the, the rules have been totally rewritten, right? So I really love working with women entrepreneurs specifically and helping them to really level up those sales skills, but build that brand. And I think LinkedIn's one of the most underutilized and most powerful places that we can be. Well, I think it's, it's uh, apropos that you're here. Um, it, it was funny, we were talking about in the pre-show about a post I made, and it was about, uh, you know, if people felt that, you know, some of the automated processes are ruining LinkedIn um, in the sense of, you know, uh, decreasing the amount of human connection, uh, increasing the amount of hands off, and, and that's not what LinkedIn is all about. And I actually reached out to a few of my contacts that that are working at LinkedIn uh, because I was just asking them what problems they were seeing. And the fact that you had worked there, you know, for four years as a sales coach, you yourself, you know, working for the company that that we're all using, uh, you know, as, as a sounding board and as an education platform, you know firsthand what you can and can't do on LinkedIn. So I'm going to dive into the, the, the first issue that, that we really see on LinkedIn is that people are automating everything. Now, I'm not going to say that, um, you know, because LinkedIn has a way for you to pre-schedule uh, your articles or newsletters, your posts, your videos, we're not talking about pre-scheduling your content. You know, what we are talking about is automating the connection, the adding of the notes and the messaging. So Adrian, first speak to the user agreement in respect to uh, the fact that we're really not allowed and we are not just told you shouldn't, but when we click that agree to the user agreement, when we sign up for a LinkedIn account, per that user agreement, we are forbidden 
to use automated processes like software that connects and messages, yet people are still doing it. So talk about that perspective, that aspect, and why do you feel people are still doing it even though they shouldn't be? Yes, it's like it's it sometimes kind of boggles my mind that we that people still are so active with automation because it goes directly against LinkedIn's terms of service. So LinkedIn is very clear and it is very apparent that you are not actually allowed to use automation and LinkedIn will actually look at your behavior, at your activity on LinkedIn to weed this out. Now, it's also important to note that you can literally lose your LinkedIn account for using automation. So for all of these reasons, it makes no sense to actually leverage automation because you risk losing your entire LinkedIn account. And let me tell you, for anyone who has maybe had their account restricted or suspended or has tried to get their account reinstated, it is not always easy. It can be quite an uphill battle to get it back. So it's just an entire space that the risk is not worth the reward. I feel like that should be a big stamp and period enough to tell people not to use it. But I, but we still see automation as really prevalent on LinkedIn. And I think the reason for that, and Scott, I can't wait to get your perspective on this too, is that People have been sold a quick fix. Hmm. You're an entrepreneur. You're in your business. There's a million hats you're wearing and you want to see results quickly. And so we get sold this idea of, well, wouldn't it be great if messaging, which already can sometimes feel uncomfortable for people, could be taken off your plate and kind of run in the background. So it sounds nice. And I get the allure and people who use automation are often really going for a numbers game, right? Like, I'm just going to try to blast out as many messages as, as I possibly can to see, like, great, I have a couple of calls booked or am I making meetings happen? You have to really think of, like, the ROI of what you're doing. And one thing that is really important to me, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this, too, is, like, brand above all else and, like, integrity in my business above all else. And so... For me, that will always be like human-centered approach. And that's just not what you get with automation. So automation feels like this shiny thing, but actually there's a lot of risk that's associated with it. Uh, so much I want to say because, you know, the risk is not worth the reward. Um, but something that you said earlier, you know, if it sounds too good to be true, it most likely is in regards to the automated processes on LinkedIn. But, you know, growing a business is a marathon. It's not a sprint. So there's a lot of people that really um, spray and pray and they, they try to do all the connecting and the messaging and they get nowhere. And here's the thing. I, I, you know, this is no fault to that person that ends up falling for the marketing tactics of those individuals because they're sold a bad bill of goods. But you can't tell anymore who is and who's not successful because... I always let people know that what you see on social media for the most part is a mirage. It's mm. people are showing you the highlight reel of their life and their business. And they could be riding the hot mess express in the background and you would never know it. So this whole notion of it being a numbers game, it's BS. It's not a numbers game. It's a quality versus quantity game. 
So people continue to ask people like Adrian and myself, how do we continue to grow and scale, not just ourselves, but our clients? Is because what we tell people, number one, you have to go after the right connections, the right conversations, and the right people to network with. You're, you're not looking to just connect with anyone and everyone. But the second thing is having a strategic approach and understanding that the more relationships that you build on the front end, the more money shows up on the back end. Because something that you said is our business reputation is everything. And you get one shot. You get one shot at a great business reputation. Once it's ruined, it doesn't come back. And to your point about, you know, people getting their accounts restricted. You don't even you don't get your account restricted on LinkedIn if they find out you're using software. They they just delete it. And you lose every piece of content you ever produce. You lose every contact that you've ever had. You lose everything. And it's just not worth it. So if you see these people telling you that, it, oh, we follow all the rules and regulations of the LinkedIn user agreement by using an automated software that they are telling you you can use, they are lying because you are violating that user agreement. So when you automate the human connection aspect, you're actually removing and taking away the most valuable tool that every single one of us has as a business professional and a business owner. And it's our own ability to create organic human connection with other people. And those that do it most often are the ones that are going to win, which, which brings me to my second point, Adrian, and I want to, I want to hear your thoughts on this. And we have both seen uh, an extreme uptick in the pitching and selling on LinkedIn. And I'm not talking about social selling because social selling is completely different than someone sending you a connection request uh, with a, a note attached to it that say, hey, we're professional appointment centers and can you handle 40 new sales calls a month? You know, we'll get that for you or you pay nothing. And again, going back to that, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. What are your thoughts and feelings on how many people are just going extremely overboard with the selling and pitching. Yes, I think there's obviously if any of us were to look at our like at our LinkedIn inboxes right now, all of us have really horrible spammy pitches in our DMs. You know, I always actually crack up at the ones that are like could you handle 30 to 40 more appointments? And I love responding back to that actually and I was like Having 40 appointments on my calendar this week is actually the exact opposite of the business I'm trying to build. So thank oh. you. Um, but no. <laughs> that that when I when I read that, it immediately overwhelms me because yes. I don't want to talk to that many people in a week. I, I'm I'm very, very specific about how many calls I want to have per week, if any at all. Um, I'm very specific about what I'm doing with my time. And if I'm seeing 30 or 40 appointments booked on my calendar, oh my God, you know, like how do I, I can't cancel that quick enough. Thank you. I was like, this is, that's the opposite. And it's like, I think because, but the thing I always tell my clients is because people on LinkedIn have this, like, again, 
we're look, they so often fall into the trap of how can I make a quick sale today? So if right now in your business, you're saying, what do I say to someone in the DM today to get them to buy from me? You're asking yourself the wrong question. And that's why when you show up in the DMs, it's needy, it's graspy. It's like, hey, do you want to buy this thing? Do you want to get on a coffee chat? No, I don't. I don't even, I don't know how that's mutually beneficial to us. So I think what I what I really find is that you don't actually have to be great at sales to be good on LinkedIn in the DMs because so many people are so bad at it in the DMs that you kind of just don't have to be that awful. <laughs> and that is something I love telling people. It's like we I I think sales really is always going to be about do you have something that is a good fit for this individual's need? And we can never actually assume that. We'll only learn that by being in conversation. And I really look for a more permission-based sale of I'm going to be a resource. And I want to know, actually, I want to get to know this person. So in the DMs, I always lean on a strategy that's actually the mantra that I take in is like, how can I be more interested than interesting? And what I mean by that is like when you're in the DMs, rather than feeling like you have to show up and and like tout your services or share immediately why you're different or give a link to book a call with you, it's like actually instead of making it all about you, if you were to take away the focus just on you and put it entirely on this other person that you're communicating with, like it gets to be more relaxed and it's more about them. And when we really focus on them, like the other person, you're going to find those conversations flow a lot more easily. There's a lot, there's so many ways you could be generating leads on LinkedIn. And in the DMs, it's definitely not showing up and, and like pitch slapping people. I also think people are more defensive in the DMs than ever because there is so much automation and we're smart, savvy people. All of us are, all of us watching art. Like we know when it's an automated message, you know, like we know you can, you can tell like there's no personalization. It has an immediate link in there and those just, they just don't perform. So I think it's really more around leading through this lens of like, how can I serve? How can I build a real connection? And sales, it's always one at a time, one relationship at a time. And there's not really a need to rush that. Yeah. I mean, anyone that has received one of those 18 paragraph long drunk log verbal vomit messages where it just goes on and on and on and on. Listen, if if the person doesn't care enough to get to know you first before trying to sell you and pitch you, they're never going to care about what you do. And that's the thing. You, you need to take an interest in people. But I just want to kind of break down something that we spoke about a few minutes ago, which is the whole appointment setter thing. And I, I just want people to understand if someone's messaging you on LinkedIn and telling you they can book you 40 appointments a month, that's basically 10 calls a week, which in the state that we're in right now, I'm not going to say it's virtually impossible, but having someone else do that for you is virtually impossible because I'm a big numbers guy. So for, you know, Adrian knows this, but for, for those of you that are on here watching, uh, whether you're live or on the replay, you know, you need to understand that you're only allotted a hundred cent connections in a week. You, you can't go over that if you do you actually start to get restricted. You get a 24-hour restriction, 
a week-long restriction, a 30-day restriction, and then a lifetime restriction if you do it four times from sending connection requests. So if we look at the, the sheer numbers, if you're sending out 100 connection requests in a week, right now, the, the average, I would say, acceptance rate percentage per 100 connections sent is somewhere between 20 to 30%. So you can expect for every 100 connections that you send, highly targeted, you're going to get 20 to 30 new connections. Now, of those 20 to 30 new connections, you're probably going to, and if you're messaging, say, let's call it 25. So if you're getting 25 new connections and you're messaging all 25 in a week, but you're having someone else do it for you, to book you these 10 calls per week, you are not going to get 10 responses back from 25 people looking to get on a call with you. The, the numbers just aren't there. So you have to understand numbers aren't always truthful with what these people are saying. Again, you have to understand for, for the people that are watching this or listening to this, these are marketing tactics. And one of the oldest marketing tactics in the book is making false promises. And that's called over-delivering and under-promising. So they're basically over-delivering on what they can, but the promise at the end falls way, way short. So I'll go back to something that I said earlier. If it sounds too good to be true, it most likely is. And I think this is the frustrating part um, on mine and Adrian's behalf, because, you know, to Adrian's point, you don't have to be great at sales to, to run a good business. You just have to be really genuine in why you're connecting with someone, but also it's always about the other people and not yourself. Any of the greatest books that you'll read is that when you get results for other people, you're going to have people getting referred to you all the time. So it's not about you. It's what you can do for other people. So if we start to pull back on the reins of selling and pitching and really look to build, you know, business alliances and collaborations and connection, you're going to see a greater opportunity to actually bring business in and close more sales, which brings me to my, my third point that I wanted to talk about with you today. And this goes back to uh, the point of personal branding. And, and for those that didn't know this, uh, there have been multiple, multiple articles written, multiple blog posts out there, and some of the top marketing minds in the world, Amy Porterfields of the world, have all said the number one social media platform to build your personal business brand right now is LinkedIn. And a lot of people aren't doing it, but to my that point, Adrian, people are treating LinkedIn like every other social media platform. They're treating it like TikTok. They're treating it like Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. So let's talk to the, the aspect of building your personal and business brand on LinkedIn and why people should not be treating it like every other platform that they're on. Yes. One, I think with like the importance of personal branding cannot be underscored enough. When I think about just some of the changes that I've been observing and that my clients have been seeing in the industry in these last couple of years, the thing that is really helping brands and, and businesses that last, that actually make it past that like critical two, three, five year mark, it's like it always comes back to the foundation of brand. Brand will be built on trust. It's like 
when I say brand, by the way, I don't mean your logo or the colors that you have in your branding kit or even like the beautiful script font you may have picked. I mean, when I say branding, like what is it you want to be known for? And you should have a really clear answer to that. Like, what is it that you want to be known for? And how are you building community with intention? And that goes beyond simply posting on LinkedIn, by the way. It's like, how are you building up your brand so that this is something that has longevity? This is something that continues to build and build and get stronger. And this is going to make that ability to connect, to make sales, to grow easier and easier and easier. Now, so many people miss out on LinkedIn. And I think it's such a big, it's just a, a gap. And I understand, Scott, you've probably heard this so many times too, that people find LinkedIn to be a little intimidating. So I've had a lot of clients who say, look, I know my ideal person is probably on LinkedIn. However, I'm not sure how to get started. So what they tend to do is they they will like dip their toe in the LinkedIn pond. So they might take a couple of Instagram posts and like plop it over on LinkedIn, cross their fingers and just test it to see what happens. But obviously that's not even real testing. It's like anytime I see a LinkedIn post that's got a paragraph of hashtags, I'm like, no, I know that you're just copying your Instagram content over here or you copied your, your Instagram reel that is super cute and kitschy. And I love your trending audio, but it doesn't actually connect with your brand or make me want to take an action. And so to put it on LinkedIn can feel like a miss and people just feel lost. I think that's why even in your story earlier, it's like someone you'll hear people say, oh, I tried LinkedIn. I tried it for six months. I gave it a shot for a year, but it's like, did you really? Because you probably weren't doing the right things. And LinkedIn's a really different platform. Yeah, go what? ahead. Well, just so, just so people know, it takes longer than a year to get results on LinkedIn. I mean, I've been using it since 2013. And even to this day, I'm constantly refining, trying new things, refining, trying new things. I'm not doing the same old things that I was doing back in 2013. You, you have to evolve not only as a person, but as a business professional, as the platform itself evolves. So to your point, but that person that says, I tried it for a month, I tried it for six months, I tried it for a year, I got nothing. Well, if think about that and compare that to starting your business. So you want to start your own business. Are you going to give it just 30 days to, to make it successful? Are you going to give that business just six months to become successful? Are you going to give that business just a year to become successful? No. No matter what your business is doing at the end of the next year, you're like, all right, let's keep going forward. We're going to keep making this work. So on to year two, on to year three, that same principle needs to apply to what you're doing on LinkedIn. It is not a quick fix. Remember, this is the analogy I give, Adrian, is that you can take Usain Bolt, who is arguably one of the greatest short track runners in, in history. You can put him in any marathon anywhere in the world. And he will lose every single time because he was built for speed. He was not built for distance. So you have to understand your business is built for distance. It's not built for speed. Anything that you want to grow super fast is going to fail just as fast. But if you take that 401k approach, right? 
you do those daily deposits, those daily investments of your connections, of your messaging, of your conversations, of your content, over time, it's going to build into the business that you want it to be. Oh, I wish more people, I'm like, let that sink in. Like, really let that sink in. Like, I wish more people could not just hear that, but actually embody it because I get it. It can be hard to implement, but if we started viewing our business with the long view, rather than it's about to be August 1st tomorrow, how am I going to make X amount in the next 30 days? It's like, why do we think about our business from that lens? Because when we do, it's like what it produces is a lot of short-term strategies. And when we're thinking short-term of just how do I make quick cash today, then it puts us in this state of, of almost anxious panic because you feel like the clock is clicking, is, is like clicking and dropping down. Like I got a month. What am I going to do? When instead, it's like, actually, if we played for the long game and we made decisions based on how am I going to be growing my business? Because what you're creating is an asset that should be here for longer than the next 90 days or the next year. But actually, you're building an asset that could be here for decades or multiple decades if you want it to. But those businesses that stand the test of time, they're thinking about things from a long view. It's like, even when I worked in corporate and we looked at a slow quarter, a quarter. We wouldn't even look like, you know, just by month always. It's like, did we freak out? It's like, no, you readjust, you refine, and you make small pivots and you continue to get better and better and better. But so many of us were like assessing the, the success of our business based on the last 30 days. If people could actually give themselves the runway give themselves the space to actually breathe and say like, I'm going to be thinking long-term about the next six to 12 months. How am I focused on brand? How am I focused on lead generation? How am I focusing on sales? Like that's going to create a sustainable business. And it feels so much more fun. Well, when you, when you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. That's, that's the old analogy, but people also have to understand outside of the long game approach it's, you know, so it, it's just so funny that you mentioned the whole 90 day thing because my wife and I run a, our own mastermind and we have a book club and the book that we just read for the month of July was the 12 week year, which is a phenomenal book because it basically you, you chunk things down into these 90 day, you know, sprints. So what Nancy and I do, my wife, um, at the beginning of Q4, we start planning for, uh, the whole next year. So we map out our entire year, the workshops that we're running, the programs and the offerings that we have that is going to equate to the amount of money that we are looking to make in our company and our business that coming year. So, you know, what's happening right now, we planned for seven or eight months ago. So we're not throwing spaghetti at the wall anymore. And I think back to something that you said, you know, people can smell desperation from a mile away. People can smell those desperate messages and those, those notes that are added to the connection request. When you build a business in desperation, it's never going to move anywhere. But when you build a business around connection, uh, about being genuine and authentic, but also remembering to be touted as a person of value, your business will go. And that's the thing that that's what I take pride in. And I know Adrian takes pride in is that 
you can go on to our LinkedIn profiles at any given time and you can go through any of our posts. And I promise you, and I guarantee every single person that's watching this, you will find abundant amounts of value added and educational information. We are not selling and pitching. We are educating, we in, we're informing, and we're building the know, like, and trust. And just so you guys know, in business, no one ever buys anything from anyone that they don't know, like, or trust. So when you take that aspect into place with everything that you do, you think about, okay, what am I going to post today that's going to leave the person better who's reading it, watching it, or listening to it? Now you're approaching your business from the right perspective. So Adrian, just to kind of round this out, you know, working at LinkedIn for four years, obviously in sales, um, you know, two, two final questions. Number one, if it's known and, and people reach out to me all the time, they think I work at LinkedIn. I'm like, no, I just support the platform. I love it. I educate. I inform. I want people to use it the right way. People ask me, they're like, Scott, can you reach out to LinkedIn and help, uh, you know, tell them to have people stop using automation? So I just want you to kind of reiterate that, that LinkedIn does have an amazing support and security team behind the scenes working tirelessly. You know, when there's 880 million people, and I'm going to say that again, there are close to 880 million people on the platform, it's hard for them to keep up with all of that. So just speak to the fact that LinkedIn is doing everything and anything that they can to keep this, this platform safe, secure, and non-spammy. Um, what's your message to those people that are right now using automated promises or automated processes that they've been promised by an individual or a company saying it's okay? My very simple message is like, be grateful that you weren't, that LinkedIn did not flag it yet, yet. And like this, take it as a blessing that you didn't get caught. And now would be a good time to like remove the automation from your strategy because you just never know when you're going to get hit with that account restriction. You don't, like we were talking about earlier, you don't want to lose all of this hard work that you've created on LinkedIn. So now's the time you've got more knowledge now. Hopefully this is like struck a chord to say automation is not the way. I'm a big believer in automation, but not through messages, not through LinkedIn DMs. So like take what we've discussed so far and get plugged in. Make a decision to say, like, I'm in my business for the long haul. I'm going to get recommitted to what it is I want to be known for on LinkedIn. I'm going to be showing up with consistency and with quality in what I am giving, that the content you are going to give and the advice and the value you are going to give, you give without, without worrying what you get in return or worrying that you're giving too much. And just show up and start having more fun on this platform. Because I promise if you actually just had more conversations, you'd be having more, more sales, more clients. But they need to be like the real conversation. And so I think it's just a good reminder that if you haven't been slapped on the wrist yet by LinkedIn, time is likely coming because LinkedIn continues as a business to continue to monitor, to put more resources and more assets behind searching out and uncovering people who are utilizing automation. And so just because you haven't been caught yet doesn't mean that you won't be caught. Yeah, I mean, people forget that Microsoft bought them out, you know, about seven, eight years ago. So mm -hmm. they, they have a, a cybersecurity company built into this where they're really monitoring these things. And 
I think the key word that you said is yet. So if, if you're using automated software, just, just stop, just cancel it. A, it's not worth the money. B, if LinkedIn is your, your biggest driver for your ideal client avatar, uh, power partners for collaboration, you're running the risk of losing all of that. And I think we all know the scroll holes that go on with TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram, and you do not want to be forced into that world. You know, LinkedIn is one of those unique worlds where you can really use it in a very genuine, authentic way and, and get the significant traction that you want. So Adrian, final uh, question before we sign off today. If, if you could kind of put your thumb on uh, something that you've done yourself in the last year that has really up-leveled your business, your strategy that you always suggest people to do because it's just the smart thing to do. It's the right thing to do. What, what comes to mind when, when you're asked that question? I'm like, so many things come to mind. But one thing just like related to LinkedIn is you always want to be asking yourself, like, what is the next best action that I want my potential client to take when they find me, interact with me on LinkedIn? So something that my team and I have been implementing like, with a lot of intention in this last year is actually like, what's the next step I want people to take after LinkedIn? Because while LinkedIn is my primary platform, it's actually not where I want us to hang out the entire time. Ultimately, I want people to get on a call with me or get on my email list or get on a training that I am running. So thinking really intentionally about how am I using LinkedIn actually to point people to other ways to get into my world, whether that's like signing up for my podcast or getting into, like I said, your email list. So important and so crucial. Like, Truly, your email list is the one thing in your business that nobody can take away. Any of us could lose any of our social media accounts at any given time. Like, we don't know. We can't forecast the future on that. So looking at what is within span of control, like, I really recommend for people to, number one, think about where do you want people to go after LinkedIn and how are you making that client and customer journey really seamless? If you could look right now and start to identify, like, where do people fall off? Or where is it not so easy to figure out what the next step is? That's a gap. That's an opportunity. Like we want to really be looking at like what are those natural points of continuity for your client and customer journey. So that's one. I think the second specific to LinkedIn that I've been testing in my own um, strategy in this last year has been just leveraging all of the new features. So I would encourage you to not just play it safe and within your comfort zone if right now you're on LinkedIn and you are doing a lot of text posts and you never show your face. Or I freaking love LinkedIn events like this. Or I love LinkedIn audio events. Like it feels like a live podcast. It's, it's like leverage all of the different features that LinkedIn has. It's going to, the algorithm is going to be your friend. The algorithm is going to continue to push more of your content because in some ways you have to play the game with the algorithm and leveraging new features is one way to do that. But I think about speed of trust. Speed of trust happens when people have an experience with you. So creating content on LinkedIn is good. It's necessary. It's one part though. So I find incorporating other elements like a LinkedIn Live, like collaborations like this, or a LinkedIn audio event that has been performing really, really well for my clients um, and for myself and my team. How about well, you? We, we totally have to do a, a podcast swap because 
And you're really lucky my wife is not on here because everything you just said, we would probably talk for another hour because yes. a lot of what you said we, we, we teach and we completely believe in. Um, for, for me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to second the notion of what you said. If you're not leveraging all the incredible tools that, that LinkedIn has to offer, um, and just to your point, what people fail to recognize is LinkedIn is just like any other social media platform. It's a social media platform, which means it's rented land. So I can't tell you, Adrian, how many people I've talked to. And I said, well, you know, what's your email list size? Are you, are you getting people off of LinkedIn onto an email? They're like, I don't even have one. And I'm like, man, you are really running the risk of, of putting your business in, in really, really bad position. So, you know, Nancy and I, over the last three years, we realized this, we've built up our email list over 11,000 now, which we own to your point. We, we own that email list. Those are people that have said, yes, I want to get emails from you. I want to find out when you're doing workshops. And again, if you're putting all your chips into that, that basket of I'm going to build just on social media and hope and pray it works out, it, it's not going to work out. So you have to be thinking about, to Adrian's point, what is that that journey, You know, the, the customer value journey? How are you going to get them off of the platform into an email list? And that could be using the LinkedIn, LinkedIn clickable link in your profile if you have creator mode turned on. Um, having different things featured in your featured content section where you can have an opt-in, you can have your podcast, you can have your calendar link. There are so many creative and inventive ways of leveraging just your LinkedIn profile to create a journey for people to get to know you. You just have to dig in. So we really wanted to come on here today to just raise some attention and awareness about some of the biggest problems that we see with the automation, with the selling and the pitching, and with treating this just like any other platform, which it's if, if it's not apparent now, I think you guys should all know it's not. So uh, Adrian, if outside of LinkedIn, if someone is interested in learning more about you and how you help people, uh, your podcast, your website, uh, where's the best place for people to go find out more about you and how you serve people? Yes, thank you. Well, obviously connect with me on LinkedIn. Like I hang out uh, here all the time. You can find me at Coach Adrian Weimer on LinkedIn and on Instagram. And I have my podcast where I drop weekly tips on how to grow your business and how to scale on Infinite Success Secrets podcast. So those are the best places to find and connect with me. Wonderful. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed this little dual live training today. You know, again, I'm, I'm a big believer in bringing in other like-minded people uh, like myself and Adrian together so we can share that, that similar voice, uh, similar information, but heard maybe in a different way, but also letting you know that, you know, you're, you're hearing this from a reputable source, not just me, but Adrian worked for LinkedIn and at LinkedIn for four years. So she knows all about this stuff and what you should and shouldn't do. So we really do hope that you take our advice so everyone, thank you so much for being here. Love and gratitude. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much again for checking out today's episode. And if you are listening through iTunes, Spotify, wherever you are, 
please leave me a rating and review. Let me know what you loved, what you would like to see improved, or ideas you have for future episodes. And if you are interested in taking your business to the next level, don't hesitate to go to my website, www.scotterron.net, where you can schedule a free discovery call with me, where I can learn more about you, your business, what you're struggling with, and how we can work together. And don't forget to check out my wife, Nancy, and mine, our free community on Facebook called LinkedIn Leads for Life. We would love to see you in there. Have a great rest of your day. And thank you, everyone, for your support. Grateful for each and every one of you.